Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Chop It Up, where we keep it raw and real. It's your boy, Lord, and I have a couple of special guests today. Uh, y'all could go ahead and introduce yourself. Oh, ladies first. Okay. Ladies first. <laughs> so my name is Amari Jackson. I am a licensed clinical professional counselor, right. also certified health coach. Yeah. I am a therapist in private practice. My practice name is Growing Boundlessly. Um, and just overall mental health advocate. And I am Alec Lifschultz. Um, I am the host of Five Minutes of Craziness Talk Fancy. About podcast. I am. Uh, it's an award-winning podcast. It has received a lot of accolades for the work I've done with it. Yes, sir. It's very recognized, the top fifty podcast in New Zealand. So that's what's up. Mm. I'm just. I'm trying my best to get the word out there, and I appreciate you reaching out to me. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know that was going to happen, bro. So as y'all can see that uh, we are obviously going to be speaking today, keeping it real, going in a new direction, different direction, um, very positive direction. And we are going to be speaking on mental health in our communities. Uh, me, myself, uh, as y'all know, uh, Lord, I do a lot of, uh, you know, laughter happiness. I spread a lot of positivity on this here Chop It Up podcast. But me, myself, I have experienced situations uh, where I had to get myself back together with my mental health. Um, I've experienced some trials and tribulations in the past uh, with a divorce um, and things like that, losing close family members, and there was a point where I went into a depression. And growing up, uh, yes, I started going to therapy when I was 16 due to my mother seeing the anger inside of me of growing up without my father being present in my life. And I really appreciate that from her because that was the thing that opened me up to going to therapy and feeling so free about it and having an open mind to it as an adult, um, when I became an adult, uh, I thought that when you, I started drinking when I was 15, believe it or not. And that's why a lot of people don't understand when they be like, Oh, why you don't drink no more? Like I started at a young age. So when I became an adult, you just thought that if you start drinking and you was hanging out with friends and you was around people all the time that you had a healthy mental state. And I started to believe that that was going to always be able to free my mind. And when I started going through my divorce, I spent a lot of nights boogieing. <laughs> <laughs> I spent a lot of uh, boogie nights at Arnie's and, um, you know, strippers and drinking and um, just using that as something to as a coping me mechanism. And I thought that eventually, okay, your mental state was going to go back to normal because you are kicking it and you partying and, and you having fun and you living life. And I thought that that was going to be the thing that was going to make me say, okay, now I'm fine. I was working out every day. like, And I was missing that one thing that when everything hit me when I lost my grandfather. That's when it was like, damn, like all that partying and you making this money at this job, like all these things was not fixing my mental health. 
And that's when I finally, because someone did introduce me to meditation um, in like late 2016, uh, no, uh, early 2017, uh, I was introduced to meditation. But what I found out about with meditation, if you don't have that connection with your mind and your body, and you have something that's blocking you from wanting to have that fulfillment within yourself, within your spirit, you'll fall asleep when you're meditating. You'll lose your focus. But when you have a clear mind and it's really something that you have that connection with your mind and body, it's something that it comes easily to you. And that's when I knew at the end of 2017, when I went into that depression, I had to do something. And that's when I knew that going into the meditation was like, had to do it um so I got into that and then early in 2018 I started going to therapy and that's when I started to notice that my mental health started to change and it started to get back on track because it just wasn't working with the other things because I just had this this thing in my head that it was just gonna go back to normal based Mm -hmm. off of just living life and that didn't work and I also watched a friend, you know, pass away to suicide. And that was something that it didn't wake me up at that moment because that was early 2017. I still had that same thought process. But once I put it in perspective that that has a connection with mental health, it, it helped me make that change. Well, um, I am thankful that you weren't. You didn't go down that path all the way as yeah. far as, like, you know, you, you noticed when the depression was coming in, you, you didn't let it consume you to the point where you feel like you need to escape it. So, again, man, I'm grateful to still have you here today with us Thanks, and for bro. you to be in a much healthier space. Yeah, definitely in a much a more healthier space. Um, getting into the meditation and therapy, it brought me to a place of peace. It changed my whole outlook on just people around me, who you have around you, what you let trigger you. Um, I I, I suffer from anxiety very bad uh, to the point where I started to have seizures. It was a thing called uh, that I was having called delayed seizures where I would just space out like where I'm having this conversation with y'all and I know everything that's going on and I'm able to give y'all feedback and reactions and, you know, communicate, you know, uh, efficiently. Like I would, I would just be spaced out. Like I wouldn't know what's going on. And that was caused from me having panic attacks. I would have an anxiety attack and then it'd go into a panic attack and then I would have the seizure. So yeah, it was, it was a lot going on more than just the depression. It was so many different things And I used to hide it. I used to keep it inside. But I got to a place where I'm like, I got to start telling people my story. And I got to start telling people what happened with me because it's somebody else that's experiencing the same thing. And they need to hear from somebody and what they did because some people don't have that outlet. And that's why, you know, I've reached out to you, Amari, because I just feel like so many people need to hear the benefits of therapy like we have this thing in our head in the black community that it's for crazy people mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And you need someone to release your thoughts and your feelings to that is someone that's just there to listen. 
Mm-hmm. And I and I have that person every Tuesday. I go at one o'clock, two o'clock every Tuesday. <laughs> See that one o'clock is what <laughs> threw me off a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. At two o'clock on Tuesdays, I go every week. And you need that outlet, you know, and people need to know the benefits of, of therapy. Absolutely. I think more so than anything, um, for me, just seeing black men being willing to be open to go to therapy is like so profound. Um, that's where most of the stigma lies in the African-American community. Cause women will sit up and talk and cry together and go through all of the emotions and men just stuff it down and mm. keep it in. Mm. Don't let it out. And I just love the fact that men are being more open to going to therapy. And what you mentioned about like, People tend to think like having a friend that you convince who is the same thing and it's not the same, right? No. Um, no. A non-biased opinion, somebody who don't really know you, who can't react to certain things that you say, um, is different than, you know, just sitting up chatting with a friend. Like some of my clients, you know, I've had to establish some boundaries with them because it can become a very close relationship, yeah. right? I know some of their deepest and darkest secrets, but I'm also there to guide you and be a liaison to your healing. I'm not your friend, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that it's very important that we're starting to talk about this in our community because we are losing so many people. Um, they're dying by suicide to drug overdoses to, you know, stress and depression, just not really taking care of themselves. And so a part of my practice, I promote self-care. I help people to put plans into place when they're not with me so that they can take care of themselves. Cause we meet, like you said, 50 minutes once a week or bi-weekly, that's not enough time for you to really be focusing on caring for yourself. Mm-hmm. So I really love to promote that for people, teaching them how to take care of themselves outside of the therapy space and hoping that, you know, we can continue to let this trend, people are calling it a trend, but if this is a trend, then I'm, ro- I'm rolling with it. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it. Like, let's keep this trend going. That, um, one thing you both said that really resonated is when we were when black men, because we were both black men, Corey, obviously, but um, when we're younger, uh, we're always taught that showing signs of any kind of emotion, sadness, or crying at all, live men and women are alive. They always told us to man up. Mm. They told us to pack it down, right? We heard, so I've we, heard that term so much. We pack so it much. down, kind of, right? We spent our whole childhood and teenage years packing down these feelings because we're not supposed to express them, right? So what do they say about anger? Secondary emotion, right? Secondary yeah. reaction, right? So you're not expressing your sorrows. You're not expressing when you're hurt. So here comes the anger. Oh, by the way, it's an angry black man. So just another one just right out there running around the street because mm-hmm. we spend our whole lives. And I'm not condoning it at all, but I'm speaking truth because this is 100% fact, especially yes. for my life. I've experienced it myself. We are taught to not express ourselves. And all of a sudden we get older, we're not able to express ourselves because we don't know how. We never learn how, right? Absolutely. So, um, another thing, I mean, I want to talk about depression as well. Um, I'm going to bring everything full circle. So our society today is um, we're not known as being clans, right? We're not really like tribes, right? Every other society, you know, in history has been tribes, right? So they connect, they're making connections now with, uh, in our minds that because we're not connected with people like that, that's causing depression in us, right? We don't have a group of people that are out there that care about us and are looking out for us. Like, you know, Mm. Africans, Asian, like the, Native Americans, there were always tribes, right? They're, they're making a connection with it, saying that we should form, form a group of people, not just a weekly, you know, sit down. And, you know, therapy is very necessary. But outside of that, man, get 
a group of, of men or women or both that care about each other, and you guys meet up at once a week and mm-hmm. sit down. My and homie have, is have, actually have a, a part of something like that, right? Yeah. So that was the whole purpose of the Let's Talk It Out podcast. When I when I, when I started the podcast. It was a live recording, and we, I had people come into the chat room. We sat down. We they expressed their feelings by typing in, mm-hmm. and we were able to connect. And they, I have licensed therapists like yourself. I mean, published authors, public speakers. Everybody come on. They just have conversations with, with these people and answer questions, and they just feel included, right? That getting included and knowing that you're going to be involved and knowing that other people out there care about you and they reach out to you, you know, that helps, that helps with the depression, right? Like just knowing that you are a part of something. There are people out there that actually care about you that relate to you. That's another thing, too. I'm not sure, like, when you first were dealing with it, um, if you opened up to people about it. No. Exactly. You didn't open up mm-hmm. to nobody about it because you were afraid that you are going to get judged, right? Yep. Like, exactly. That's the point. That's, yep. the, that's literally, we need to stop that shit, man. I'm sorry. But we need to stop that. that 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 um. Say whatever you want on here, man. Oh. <laughs> you know, because I go on some podcast and it's like, you know, the church. Fuck church, that. Oh, man. <laughs> Okay. This is chop it up. You gonna unleash that? You gonna unleash the Hulk, man? You gotta chill out, cause I'll go. I'll go crazy. You know Dang. I love to cuss. I, I told right. y'all that's my thing. Hey, this is chop it up. Say whatever the fuck All you right, want to say. Well, since you say it, man, we gotta stop that shit of just like we gotta stop feeling. Stop sorry. that shit. Stop that shit, man. Stop. <laughs> we live. We, li- we live in a. We live in a world where it's disconnected, right? It's so easy to judge someone. Other than saying, hey, let me help you out. And that's, I, I was speaking to somebody about that uh, last week when the impeachment situation came oh, up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was so easy for people to get on Facebook and say, oh, you motherfuckers ain't passed the Constitution and y'all ain't, yep. y'all don't know Elitist a goddamn thing. Fuck on there. It I was, was like, so what? easy for people to judge them and to say, oh, this is my chance to capitalize off you motherfuckers that look dumb instead of saying, look, this is what impeachment means. This is what is going to happen. This is what has to happen in order for him to be removed. Help the person. Exactly. And this is why you have people like myself at first where I did not want to be judged. So I kept in what I was experiencing because you have people that are going to say, and, and you know, I'm they, like I said, just chop it up. I'm going to keep you know it real. the sad part about it is, Corey? A lot of times, the people that, that that are like that are the ones that are closest to you, the ones that are going to judge you. And that is what... And, that, and that's, again, that's, that has a lot to do with the, the, the real fucked up thing with depression. People yep. are out there feeling alone and feeling like that people close to them aren't going to understand them. And, and that's why it's important man, to build man, a community. Use man, your man. platform, right? Yes. Use your platform to build communities up, to have people able to interact with each other, people that have, that have the same, not exactly the same ideologies, but deal with the same shit that you do, right? You know, I have people... You know, everywhere, dude. That's the whole purpose of that's how I use social media to connect with people and, and and literally and make shit happen, right? Like it's not it's not to sit back and judge someone's life. You know, it's not to condemn people for not knowing something that your ass Googled five minutes ago. Man, exactly. That's, that's not what it's for. <laughs> you know, I have a love hate relationship with social media, Corey. I'm always on there. Like I'm finna get back off. I was off social all social media for like six or seven years. I just couldn't deal. And that's a part of it, right? You get on here and people are so fucking judgmental. You can't get on here and, you know, comment, make a post without somebody on there. Oh, you post either you post too much, you don't post enough, or the shit that you post and it's being you, you judged. You can never satisfy people. You can't satisfy people. So for me, I just try to spread positivity on my page. I promote mental health on my page. I'm always educating on my page. But people, they've taken social media and turned it into this very negative and toxic thing. So 
I also promote to my clients often, like, filter your page. Like, you do not have to follow these people. They have so many, like, different ways now. Before, Mm -hmm. you used to have to completely, like, remove them from your friends list. You can mute people, unfollow them. I snooze the fuck out of people. Snooze them. Every day. Can I keep it real with you? Go ahead. About three or four months ago, I literally went on a cleanse and followed and deleted, like, close to over 1,000 people across everything. I just literally was like, anybody who's negative, anybody who promotes negativity, anyone who... You know, and again, it's like just anything that I that does. I don't feel like bring positive energy into my life, and that's one thing I, I want to say as well. You need to make sure that everything that you are seeing and reading is bringing in a positive into, yes. into your yes. life, right? Hell so, yeah! That's why I fucking hate reality TV. I fuck. It, it, I fucking. I, hate I swear that to God, shit. I will fucking mm-hmm. break a TV before I watch that shit. I'm not. I hate that. Shit. I don't watch TV. At all. Ain't, well, I, I don't watch, watch that shit. Like well, Netflix. I, I, I try to watch well, sports. I try to watch sports. I have a love hate I watch my Snowfall, my Godfather, Harlem, Blackish. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, well, yeah. some yeah. shit shows, that I can learn something from. Like, I don't even uh, have like, cable. You know, like, all acting, I have is Roku. You know, shows like, you know, these are active productions, TV. right, Corey? Like, these these are productions. That's fine. Uh-huh. Those yeah. are productions. Not, let's put uh, 10 women that don't know each other in a room and watch them beat each other's asses. Yeah. Right, like let's do that. You know, that's yeah. you guys are bringing in these negative energy into your life, right? And it's it's filling your yeah. mind subconsciously. And it's it's training you to think that that shit's fucking normal. It's not normal to act like that. Absolutely, that's not normal. It's a fucking cycle that we need to break because people. That's a, I swear to God, I'm not kidding you guys. I believe people I've known <laughs> off social media. I believe get the fuck off my shit. I don't want to see none of that. I don't <laughs> want to see none of that shit. Absolutely. At all. And you know the hard part about me as a black woman watching stuff like that is that this is why black women have such a hard time supporting yes, and being God positive with each other is because it's promoting on these shows for us to be arguing to petty, be against each other, fight each other, yes, hate each drag other, each other down. Look, I'm a fucking man and. I look at the shit that y'all got to go through as women and I'd be like, fuck, man. Like, I feel bad for y'all. Like, I um, I, I be volunteering and hey, if somebody listening to this shit at my daughter's school, I'm sorry, but I'm about to expose y'all. <laughs> I be volunteering shit at, <laughs> in Naomi's school because uh, I'm a, a PTO member, whatever the fuck it is. And the way they just so catty with each other I and the it. way they just got to talk to each other and one person leave and another person talking behind each other back and it's like... This is all a part of the things that goes into dealing with your mental health on a daily basis because we are in such a negative world. Yep. We have so much negativity around us, people that want to talk about you behind your back. And this is why, you know, I won't even fucking date a woman that watches uh, fucking love and hip hop and, and shit like that because you it's in are. Her spirit. Yeah, it's, in, it's, in, it's, it's getting embedded in your mind to become this person. That is, I fucking hate this term, messy and petty. (laughs) Messy and petty, if I hear you use that in your vocabulary, like I just... description of yourself. Fucking remove you I had people that I've seen on social media and they middle name on there is like, the... Britney Petty is my life, Jackson, and you like what whoa, whoa, like this, like this is what you spread now. And they be, here? And they be like, like and they be like thirty seven years old too with a name like that. Right, people like, don't understand no. the type of energy <laughs> that you are putting out into the world. Now you know, and this is why I get on social media. I show my daughter. I speak on the podcast. I show my haircuts. I say some jokes. I get the fuck off. I'm going to make you laugh. I'm going to make you smile. Gonna, I'm gonna get me some money and then I'm gonna get the fuck off and promote positive fatherhood. Yeah. Let's talk about that yeah. now. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And that's and that's why I said I show my daughter and I feel that 
it's somebody out there that may feel that I'm not positive or whatever. You know, you can suck my dick. Uh, but <laughs> it's somebody that may feel that I'm not positive or whatever. But when I have someone reach out to me and say, Corey, I'm not a father yet. But when I do become a father, I want to be like you. That shit will bring a tear to my eye because when you grow up without a father and you hear somebody tell you that you are giving them they giving them a potential image of what they should portray as a father, that shit means something to me. So mm-hmm. I feel like I'm making a difference in the world by just being that person. You making a difference in the world by giving your podcast and you might have saved somebody's life. You may have saved somebody's life. So see the positive in whatever that you are doing and what you put. And that's why it's so important of what you put out into the world. Like people don't understand the power of the tongue and what you speak into existence and shit like that. Like it's just, you know, it's certain things. My mama taught me little shit. Like don't say fuck you to a person. Cause when I say, you see how, how hard I say that shit. Fuck you. My mama said, when you say that shit to somebody, you got to really mean it. And, you know, it's just little shit like that that she put into my head. Big shit like that that she put into my head uh, at a young age that I just took. And it just molded me into the man that I had became as an adult. Because you you have to be somebody that's about something other than negativity. I mean, we not Martin Luther King. We not Malcolm X or nothing. But we're helping people and we're promoting something in a positive way. Who's a scumbag? Cheat on his wife. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding, everybody. I'm kidding. Listen. We keep it raw and real, man. I'm just saying, man, you know, you're supposed to love and cherish that woman, motherfucker. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm not going to go into that. Uh, But yeah, um, (laughs) something that I had wanted to speak on, uh, before you know, a couple minutes ago is when we had said something about people that are close to you that judges you. And I've kept this in for a couple of years because everything happened with me back in the end of 2017. And this friend of mine, I hope that he does listen to this. He probably don't, but he said something to me. Um, and he's a very close friend of my friend that had committed suicide. And I was disappointed in him for for you to be a person that had someone pass away in a manner as such of suicide and you didn't use that as something to open your mind up to mental health. Um, I had posted a status where I had spoke on my friend that had committed suicide and I simply was saying that I understand why he did it. And mm-hmm. two people like y'all are going to understand where I'm coming from. When I say I understand why he took his life to suicide, I'm not saying that I was about to do it. What I'm saying is, is when I laid my head down at night, I was hearing voices in my head. It was not a voice saying, kill yourself, go kill someone else. It was just chatter, just someone talking in my head that was preventing me from going to sleep at night to the point where I would call my mother and I was not in the mode 
I was not in a mood where I was emotional. And I was crying to my mother on the phone uncontrollably. And I had no emotions running through me at all. That's how bad. And this is the very first time right here on this motherfucking podcast with y'all that I'm letting this out right here. I've been so afraid to let people know that secret right there. I was hearing voices in my head and calling my mother every other night, crying uncontrollably. That's how bad my mental health had got. I was just, because I had so many emotions that I was just holding in. I didn't even want to cry, and I couldn't even control it. It was just coming out. And people don't understand how serious that is. So for someone to take their life, I, I felt where he was coming from. And I understood what he was going through because you just, I wasn't, I wasn't going and sitting down and talking to somebody every week. Mm-hmm. He didn't have that either. He lost something that was near and dear to him and he didn't know what else to do. So, yep. and, I and tell that's people all the time. You, you like people oftentimes say like, Oh, that person was weak for yeah, dying by suicide. That, and man. it takes a whole lot of strength to be honest to stand up and to take your own life. That's yes. that's strength that a lot of us could never possess, no. right? And I feel like personally, right, people have, they judge like, oh, that was selfish or, you know, they didn't care about their family and friends. But to to be to a point where death feels better than living is serious, mm. right? And you have to honor the fact that people get to choose. We have the right to self-determination. And I'm not saying that it's right or wrong. I'm saying that you have to approach it from a place of understanding. Things can get so heavy that you, you know, don't even want to wake up and open your eyes, right? Like, I'm a therapist, and I've been a therapist for, you know, a number of years. But what drew me to become a therapist was my own battle with mental health, right? I was in school to be a nurse. That was my plan. I wanted to be a nurse. All little black girls is told go be a nurse. I love make nurses. a lot of money. Nurse. I love me a <laughs> sexy but they, nurse. But they have a strong. They have to have a very strong mental fortitude. Right, they do. Right, so I'm in school to mm. be a nurse, and I'm stressed out. I'm the first one in my family to go to college and get you know educated. I don't know how to navigate this process. I go to the counseling center at the university, and I started going to counseling. This is the first time somebody really asked me like, "How are you?" Like, yeah. how are you dealing with this transition? You you know, I'm a little black girl. My family struggled my whole life. And now I'm in college, right? I don't know what to do with this. I don't know how to navigate. I'm taking out student loans because I think they free. Like, I'm just out here living my best life, you know? And I go, and this woman literally helped me unpack the loss of my father. All of these things that I hadn't been able to experience. And if it were not for that moment, I may not be here. Because I did not know, like, how to describe what I was feeling. And I changed my major a year and a half later because I'm like, I want to be that for somebody else, right? Mm, I never knew any other career outside of being a nurse. I just, that's what you do. You go and you be a nurse. So now, looking back on my, my career happened to me. Like, I didn't choose it. It chose me. And so, but I love it. Like, I couldn't imagine myself at this time in life doing anything else other than this. And I deal with people wanting to die by suicide on a regular basis. And the best that you can do is offer support, listen, like offer resources and try to help this person to unpack whatever it feels so heavy that they don't want to live anymore. Mm. And I have to remind myself often that if a client, I've never experienced this so far, thank God, but 
Um, if a client does die by suicide, right? It's and I keep saying die by suicide because people don't. You commit murders, right? You commit crimes. Dying by suicide is a different thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if a person chooses to take their life, they they chose. They had the right to self determine what they wanted for themselves, and it's hard for it's hard on the people that's around us, especially in the African American community. Because what's the first thing people say? Oh, that person going to hell because they died by suicide. They took their own life. Right? You hear that all of the time. um, That's that conditioning from church. I'm not going to get into that. Yeah. Um, But I am going to get into it, though. I swear. Everybody I've ever had conversations with about suicidal thoughts, all the girls that tell me that they did it, tell Mm -hmm. me that they started when they were 10. And it was like, oh, I thought about plugging up something and throwing it in the tub while I'm in there. Oh, I thought about doing this. And, you know, I'm going to come back up to adulthood. Off as kids, you know, if you're listening to this, I mean, please be mindful that your child, things that you look at as being insignificant, are huge deals to them, right? Like they look at things like, say, you have an argument with someone that you're with, they think it, they could take it as it's being their fault. You know, they run in the room mm. crying. It's, it's certain things like that. They're getting bullied at school. Don't say, "Oh, you'll be all right." Oh, you know, oh, just stand up for them. Well, listen to them. You know, understand where they're coming from, right? Like if they're getting bullied at school and they come home and their parent isn't listening to them, understanding them. Where does that put them at, right? Mm-hmm. As a kid, what's what's their house? You know, what's their resource? We got tablets and phones and stuff now, right? So like these kids can look up certain things and see certain things. Like, well, how do I get away from feeling like this? So how, you know, it's it's so crazy where we're at now, but we we don't realize where we're at mm. now. Like, yeah, yeah. So yeah, think about now, that. Now let's come back up to adults a little bit. Now let's go back up a little bit. Um, as far as suicide goes, this is one of the most people hate talking about suicide, right? It's like mm-hmm. a, it's like one of those things that people try to stay away from. Like they don't want to utter the word like Candyman because he's gonna fucking. That's, that's not mm-hmm. the case. Suicide, to me, under my opinion, is one of those things that we could, you know, help get a better understanding of or help each other out more if we talk about it more, right? Yeah. That's mm-hmm. one of the things that, that's complete opposite. We shouldn't not talk about it. We need to talk about it, right? So a lot of times people, uh, again, Corey, you see where you was at. You was afraid to tell people that, right? You were afraid to tell people you was feeling that way at first. Um, someone told me that I had like a sixth sense or something like that because I'm able to tell when someone's like not being themselves, even mm-hmm. through posts. Mm-hmm. Like I reach out to people and grab people. And um, just we have to be able to just if someone comes on your mind, like say we're sitting here right now, and you just randomly think about somebody, check on them, man. Yep. I, I don't care if oh, yeah. I don't care if if yeah. you haven't talked to them for a while. I don't care if they haven't texted you back. I don't care about none of that shit, man. Just if someone comes up to your mind, they didn't pop up in your mind for no reason, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you reach out to that person. Hey, man, how you doing, man? Hey, how's the holidays going for you? What's up with you? I had people tell me that me reaching out to them at a certain times saved their fucking life, right? They were literally minutes away from taking a whole fucking bottle of pills mm-hmm. because I reached out to them let them know that someone gives a fuck about them, right? Now, that suicide, I mean, it's, it's, it's one big word, but, you know, there's ideology of it. It's like sometimes you have random ideas of it. Like they say, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, have, you bomb a test or something or you lose a loved one or you say you got DUI. Those things are terrible, right? You know, something like that, and it's going to really put you in a hole financially, it's just like you have a you have an idea like man I just you know I can't take this no more that's just an idea right so mm-hmm. like they have a scale where they grade you of like where you're at with suicide scale one to ten right you ask somebody mm-hmm. where they're at with it mm-hmm. um, say someone says that they actually have been planning it right like they like I have at home I have these pills you know I have this gun you know on this day you know they, you have to you have to again once you start talking to somebody they let you know they have suicidal thoughts you got to pry into them a little bit right like see. Where they're at yep. with it. Full assessment. Full assessment, right? <laughs> you know, see where they're at with it. You know, get to, get, get to know their status. If they can't, if they're not going to be able to make it on their own, then you need to do whatever it takes to get them into a facility. 
Mm-hmm. And now facility, again, that's another topic. I, unless Corey wants me to get into church and facilities and all that shit, we can get into that. But suicide, um, connect with people, man. Reach out to people. Again, like I said about depression, build groups, yeah. right? Build these groups together. Get people together that are, that are, and, and have them have an open, safe space for people that care about them, right? People that are going to reach out to them. They don't show up one week. They're going to get hit up or somebody's going to come show up at their house. Hey, man, what's going on with you? How you doing? You know, what's up? Right. You know, that, mm-hmm. that means so much to people, man. Like, it sounds so simple and so childish, but it's, it means the world to these people that feel like they don't have shit else, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. the philosophy is in so of groups is so important. I mean, if you think about, like, 12-step groups, and I do group therapy, things like that, the support of others, right, that are going through the significant experience that you are experiencing has better outcomes for, you know, recovery. So... They don't put things into place like this for no reason. You mentioned like tribes. I mean, this stuff is dating back centuries of people getting together and utilizing the energy from one another to heal, right? So I think that's so important. Like, for instance, um, I used to run a stress and anxiety management group at a previous employer. And um, I remember one of the clients coming into the group one day and saying like, I look forward to coming here each week. I go to therapy and that's cool, individual therapy. And individual therapy has its place. But to be able to sit across from you and across from you and know we all going through the same thing, we exchange numbers, you become a family, that's healing, right? That's the energy from that room and that space is healing. That's kind of why we have the institutions like church, et cetera, et cetera, because the whole premise is getting people in a room together and the focus is on healing. Now, what you do with that, the, the different types of places, I'm at my own business. I stay yeah. out of that, right? As much as possible. I speak on it when I'm in a, a space that's appropriate to do so. But this is the whole premise behind gathering people, right? People gathered for years in order to help each other heal. That's a part of the process. I want to say, you know, I want to touch on facilities now. I want to make sure you you, uh, you had something to say when I was talking, so I want to let so you yeah. go ahead and jump in about the suicide. So as far as, like, again, with facilities, uh, inpatient treatment, right? So... Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do this, obviously, but let's say I just, like, shot you in your knee. Are we going to be able to treat that here? No. No, we're not going to be able to treat that here, right? You're going to need special care and special attention to take care of that kind of injury, right? Yes. If you're dealing with traumatic mental state, like you're in a traumatic mental state, yeah. like you're suicidal to the point where you have not just thoughts but intention, where are they going to treat that at? They can't treat that, you know, at, at no. therapy. They're going to put you inpatient, right? There's a negative stigma around inpatient treatment at hospitals. We need to break that shit because that's for someone who feels like this is a last resort. This is the last thing that's going to keep me from being from taking my own life. This is the last thing that's going to keep me from going off the edge, right? Mm-hmm. I've had this conversation with people on my podcast before. We need to stomp the stigma against getting treatment in inpatient places because it's sometimes that's the last resort for some people, man. They got like a 9 or closer to a 10 on where you at on a suicide mm-hmm. scale, about 9 or 10. Like, I have an active plan. I know what I would do. I have I the gun, gun at home, right? I right here. You know, and there's different levels to, you know, hospitalization as well, yes. right? You have intensive outpatient hospitalization. So you go for a number of hours throughout the day. And a part of my role as a therapist, right, is to completely assess this person and, det- and determine what level of care they need. I can't treat, like you said, I can't. If you had a 10 like, my go- role now is to talk you through there, right? the process that I'm going to make this phone call and I'm doing this to save your life. Because people are resistant to it, right? Nobody wants to go where you can't be free, right? And it's a minimum of 72 hours that you have to be mm-hmm. hospitalized before they'll let you out. So people are resistant to that. But at the end of the day, my role is to save your life. And even as a friend, you have a responsibility, sort of, right, to figure out 
what I need to do to take care of this person. Like, if I was to sit here right now and tell you, Corey, I'm about to take my life, you were like, okay, well, I'm not letting you leave this house. We got to figure mm-hmm. out how to get you X, Y, and Z. Like, I need to help you to help to save your life, right? But people are so resistant to it, they view hospitalization as this very it. negative thing. Yeah. But I know people, some clients and people that I know personally in my personal and professional life who've been hospitalized before that make millions, right? But they needed that care. Mm. And that's the other thing. Money, Woo! people think you got money and that solves all the problems, Can right? Can we get to that? Okay, like, that does not... I mean, I've been waiting for us to get to that. We're talking Can't about... Speak. These people who have millions and millions of dollars. I mean, even now, yeah. the rap community, right? Um, taking pills and using drugs. They don't have to escape anything seemingly because they got everything, but that's not true. Having money does Man. not... Uh, beget not having mental illness. I, I have to talk to people, myself, and people that I am close to personally that say, oh, you know, I don't got no money right now or I'm, I'm not making enough money at this moment and it's bringing me down. And I have to let people know that money is not everything. Money does not bring you happiness. I myself, everything that I'm doing right now, I'm bringing myself up. I am creating a brand for myself and I don't got everything. I don't, I don't got a bunch of money. I, I, I walked away from a job where mm-hmm. I was making more money than, you know, what I'm making right now. And I am so much happier doing everything right now. You know, somebody said to me, man, you, you, when you get excited, when you talk about the podcast you love cutting hair, like everything that you're doing, like you you really look like you have a passion for it. You really look like you love what you're doing. I'm not going to spend the one fucking life that I have doing some shit that I don't love to do. Mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. going to spend my, my life married to a woman that I don't fucking love. Like I'm not going to spend my life around friends and family that I don't fucking love. Like remove all of that. And when you remove those things and, and when you find that thing that you have that love and that passion for, it will overcome money any day yeah. because that is going to bring you that happiness. And I feel like those people that use money, of course they don't love themselves because if you need money to make you happy, you obviously don't have self-love because if you had that, then you wouldn't need this money and this object in order for you to find this happiness within yourself. But they have, they obviously also haven't found that thing that brings them happiness that they are putting their, their work into their blood, their sweat, their tears, their, you know, they haven't found that thing that brings in that happiness. That's not money. Absolutely. I just put in my three weeks notice. My last day is on Monday for my Mm. job. I'm full time in my practice. Yeah. Um, it was a hard decision, though, right? Like, I mean, you know, also we've been conditioned to work for somebody, retire, Woo. do all of this for years, Man, right? So my family, that I would love to speak on. It was, it was tough, right, making this decision. I had to do it very quietly. Like, once I had already submitted the notices when I told, you know, most people, my family, because, like, being a therapist is something, like, I would go to my mm. 9 to 5, well, 7 to 3, and... Just be miserable all day. Get off, miserable. go to my practice. I'm driving there excited. Like, okay, I can't wait till I get here and talk to these clients. It's like night and day. And I said, I can't keep doing this to myself. I'm sitting here talking to my clients mm-hmm. week after week, 
about self-care and taking care of yourself and prioritizing self-love, et cetera, et cetera. Meanwhile, I'm over here working this job that's draining the energy and the life out of me. So it took, you know, it took a lot of planning. I planned, I saved, I had just bought a condo. So I'm like, how mom go from like, I just bought a home and now I got an unsteady income. But when I tell you the clients just keep coming, one leave and two come, another one leave, yeah. three come. Like, it's just, I haven't, I don't understand lack at this point, which is a, it's a blessing, right? I don't, Man. I haven't lacked a single client since I started. A, a doctor, a teacher, a therapist, those are all things that I feel well, should always, oh, and being a barber. Yeah. Um, I feel like those are all some of the many things in this world where you should always have some type of clientele or the need for that because someone is going to be sick, someone is going to be injured and need a doctor. Kids need someone that is teaching them to be the future of this world every day. Uh, bar, you know, y'all not going to get that pussy without this haircut. <laughs> uh, you know, and I tell people all the time that... I don't oh, give a man. fuck what you say. <laughs> I don't give a fuck how happy you think that you are. We have all experienced something in life. We are all going through something currently. And you need a therapist. You need someone to talk to every day. Every day. Yeah, I mean, you, you need someone to talk to weekly, every day, whatever. Like, we all need somebody because no matter what, we've all been through something. And you're going through something right now. I, I want to circle back a little bit to the celebrity thing. Um, a lot of times with those people, man because of their status or where they're at in society, there's a lot of pressure put on them, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, when they feel like um, there's so much pressure on them, it, it, be, it begins to fuck with their mental status, kind of, right? Like, yeah, they're rich. And that's, again, like you said, mm. people think money um, fixes everything. Mm. A lot of times it puts you in a worse situation. Cause if yeah, me and my homie was talking about that when I was cutting his hair earlier. <laughs> if everything, everything else in your life is already strained, you know, like getting money is not going to fix that other shit, right? You know? Mm -hmm. um, relationships become a little bit harder to build because, again, if you're, you know, if you're someone of status like that, you're always busy. Those people are always busy, man, uh, especially active meetings, you know, rehearsals, that kind of stuff. You're always busy and you're so disconnected because your family's just living like a regular life. And here you are just built up, you know, you can't go to the fucking grocery store to buy eggs without like three or five, three or four or five people recognize you trying to come take pictures with you and shit, get autographs. That's, that's like, that's not a life I will ever want to live. Me either. Ever. I cannot Ever. imagine that, man. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't even, you can't go to the airport. You can't do shit without someone saying, oh, that's such and such. You know, let me, you know, come get that autograph, blah, blah, they in your face. You just try, I mean, it's it's a lot of pressure put on people that are of that status. Um, but again, like, even like people like us, like they think money and I need money. And I always tell people, they, you know, they, they're dealing with something. I'm like, well, what's what's going right? You know, what's, what's going right in your life yeah. right now? Yeah. Are you healthy? Is your family still alive? Right? You know, is your, is your kids healthy? Are they doing well in school? You know, mm -hmm. what about those things, man? You know, are those important to you? Because, you, you know, you're always talking about money. What about, you know, this, this, this? Because people that have money that don't have none of this shit, they don't have kids, they don't have a significant other, they don't man. have family. It's people, it's always a never-ending cycle, like with social media. They see a motherfucker that travels a lot, and it's like, man, I wish I could be that. That same motherfucker that travels a lot sees this guy who's at home with his family and kids. He's like, man, I wish I had that. It's like yep. a never-ending cycle of that, man. man. A never-ending cycle. And it drives, me, it drives me insane to think about, man, honestly. Absolutely. On, on, on that note, I want to shift over into, with it being the holidays, people that are experiencing their first holiday without their mother, their father, grandparents, some people have lost a child. I feel like that's something that people are seeing on social media, um, and that's why I'm, I'm very uh, hesitant to post certain things and 
I'm very observant of what I post because you never know if somebody may see something and not not showing not saying that you don't want to show your happiness, mm-hmm. but uh, I feel for those people that are experiencing uh, going through their first holiday season without a loved one. Um, that's 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 something too that I feel can bring, and I mean it's something that I experienced. The last holiday that I spent with my grandfather was Thanksgiving. And then literally like that, it wasn't even two months later, he was gone. And that's just something that people are experiencing right now. Um, what's, what's y'all feedback on that? I think for me, like my whole, my busy season is the holiday season, right? Because of this, that you be speaking of. So it all starts for me. I start preparing my clients in October, like around the first or second week of October, we're approaching the holiday season, right? I start talking about what that looks like for you. Like, you know, especially if they're experiencing grief. And even people who've lost people, you know, this isn't their first holiday, but like, you know, breakups around the holidays or um, people who have lost parents, you know. You could break up with me around the holiday. Then I ain't got to get you shit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you are please break up with me <laughs> <laughs> but I start preparing them you know and I make myself available some of the days during the holiday season because a lot of I mean we deserve vacation too right I take time off but I also know that the rates of suicide are higher around the holidays really yeah definitely mm-hmm. um people t- take their lives you know more readily around the holidays so I make myself available like I was full on the 23rd. I saw clients yesterday. I'll be seeing clients on New Year's Eve and the day before, but not on New Year's Day. So I make myself available because I mm. know that um, people are really struggling. And the best that you can do at that time is ask people what they need. I think people tend to like, oh, come do this or come do that or come ask people what they need. Do you need time alone? Okay, I can give you some time alone, but I'm going to check on you at this time and at this time and honor that, right? Because some people do just need to be to themselves. They don't want to come to the party and they're full of emotions and they're crying all over the place, right? But ask people what it is that they need. It could be simple as I'll bring you a plate back, you know, when I come back. So you know that you get to experience having the food on the holidays, but you get to honor what it is that you need for yourself. On that note, I know that, uh, I don't know if you was going to speak. I'm going to just, because I I started this story a little while back uh, in the episode and I, I, we keep going into different, you know, different directions. But I had a friend that uh, he, he did. He asked me, like, what's going on? Like, why would you have made that status that you understand why this person took his life? Like, why would you even post that? And I started telling him what was going on and what I was experiencing with the depression and anxiety attacks and everything. And the thing he told me was, just, you just need to relax. You need, you just, you tripping. You just need to relax. And I feel like, you know, going off of what you just said, Amari, like um, with people asking someone, what do they need? And, you know, where you said, uh, Alec, when you said, um, uh, hold on. <laughs> when you had made the, the comment of, uh, she said, asking people what they need. And then you had made the comment of 
God, I'm having me a dotty moment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but basically, uh, just stop feeling like people don't have real mental issues and that they can just get over it by just just you know oh it's it's you know it's you just you just having a moment have a cup of coffee and be happy yeah like or that's, pray about it you hear that you hear that and yeah, i'm yeah i'm trying i'm trying i'm trying I'm to go in that direction i'm an advocate for prayer right but i feel like people Man. people separate the fact that if you are a christian or a muslim or a believer of any sort that you can't also go to therapy and struggle with mental health. Man. And they are not separate at all. They, they say prayer without works. Praying, you don't actively make an effort towards what you're praying for. Yes. Exactly. You know, it's not like, it's not like fairy godparents. It's not like, Hey, I, you know, can I have a successful business? And then guys is going to just drop fucking hundred thousand dollars into your account. Here you go, buddy. You know, go make it happen. <laughs> It's not how it works, but that's not at, at all, all how it works. Uh, I'm a firm believer. I want to um, touch on grief because during the holidays, one thing I've had a conversation with um, somebody a couple weeks ago. We were talking about I actually did a series on it. Um, grieving during the holidays for people that have lost a loved one again or a relationship or something like that. It could look like different things, right? You cannot um, be with the family on Christmas. Like I can't be there because I get them same feelings and you know those. The smells of the uh, had a ham and you know just the, the seeing the fireplace all it just it sparks these emotions and these thoughts in my mind so um one thing that you can do if you are grieving is remove yourself from familiar situations that you had with cause those feelings to pop up so let's say you know around the holidays instead of going to such and such house take a trip somewhere you know take a trip yeah. take a trip out of town especially i mean granted it's warm in chicago now this year for some reason it was warm at christmas but you know, thank, I love glo- this global, thank global warming. warming for that. I mean, you know, the, the icebergs are going to melt and cause another fucking flood, but at least we was able to wear a hoodie on Christmas, right? <laughs> That's always a positive. Um, but seriously, though, like, um, remove yourself from situations that that, um, that are triggers, right? They're trigger points for you. They make you feel those feelings of, you know, I can't be, I can't go have this ham. I can't go have this turkey. I can't do this. Do something else. And people need to be understanding of that, man. Be firm with your no, right? A lot of times you tell people that you don't want to do something, they stay, they press you a little bit. They're like, oh, man, mm-hmm. you know, they ask you why. You know, well, why? You know, why can't you do this? Why can't you do that? Man, fuck you, that's why. No, I'm kidding. Mm-hmm. Don't, say, don't, say, don't say that. But <laughs> be firm with your no. Be firm with your no. That's a classic uh, therapy response. Absolutely. <laughs> boundaries are my thing. I'm always advocating for boundaries. No is a complete sentence, y'all. Y'all both over here undone. I'm sorry. It's just, it's just, can you imagine somebody? Can you imagine somebody telling their grandma that why? Why you ain't coming over to Christmas? Because fuck you. That's why. And hang up. Yeah, no. no. I just, I, I, My I'm grandma would clean in on brother me. Right there, like, yeah, you, you gotta do Aaron. So Aaron's basically me, but with hair. So it's like you gotta work with him all the time. You gotta hear just the straightforwardness. But um, again, like you know, boundaries are huge when you're grieving, right? You have to mm-hmm. know where you could be at. What can you take? What can you see? What can you be around? You can't go shopping at the mall because you're going to hear this Christmas and you're going to remember your girlfriend you broke up with four months ago. Then don't go to the mall. You know, do whatever you got to do at home. Just just be be um, cognizant of yeah. what you can be around and can't be around, right? I'm, I'm, I mean, myself, I'm actually in a grieving state right now, you know, with my best friend passing away a month ago. Um, so I'm actually going through that right now myself. 
I got to drive past the middle school that we went to every day just so I could get on the expressway. And it's it's not a day to go by that I I, I mean, because I got to go to my mother's house to work. I pass that and I think about him every day. So I know going through that grieving process. And a lot of people don't give themselves that time to do it. It's it's a term that I uh searched and I found called a social junkie. And it's a person that instead of learning to spend time with themselves and learning to how uh, learning how to be able to cope with uh being alone, they have to be around people all the time. And mm-hmm. being one of those and it's it's so crazy. I see people say stuff like, man, like you know, me and one of my homies, we talk about how each, and I need to get back on this, every Tuesday on $5 Tuesday, I would go to the show at 10 o'clock in the morning. That would be my time to myself every week. And I have some people that say, oh, it's, it felt weird going to the show by myself or going to breakfast by myself. And you don't have to always well, That's not for them. That's for you, right? They need mm-hmm. to figure out their own thing, right? That's your thing. Yes. Going to be by yourself at the movies is your thing. It makes you feel peace. You know, it's calm for you. Yes. Not everyone's going to have the same thing. That's why you give people ideas, right? So, again, man, that's great for you. Um, one thing I didn't get a chance to touch on, when you're grieving with someone, um, you can make a memorial for them, for them. Yep. Once, you know, around that time or not even around that time, but, like, pick a day, you know, during the, during the holiday season and just, you know, get a light a candle for them. Get a picture. Just remember, have po- think all positive things about yeah. this person, right? So that fills you up with positivity about the situation, you know? You know, about knowing <clears throat> knowing that they are in a better place, right? So uh, Memorial is always, I mean, they, the Mexicans have the um, Day of the Dead, right? You know, they celebrate um, their heritage. You know, they celebrate um, a loved one that's not here no more, right? So mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a great way of grieving with someone that's not here no more. I mean, I lost my little cousin um, two months ago. He was killed by, gun, by a gunshot, right? Uh, so it's, it was difficult. It's difficult for me as well, right? You know, going to being around the family for Thanksgiving. And it's like just knowing they're not there. Like it's just, it's a really weird feeling, man. It really is. But again, it's just, you got to just know what you can take. You know, you got to know your boundaries. You got to know what's necessary for you to help you uh, grieve at the time. Right. You can't go around your grief. You have to go through it. Right? Yeah. You have to go through mm-hmm. it. You can't yes. go around it. Cause it's going to come back. It's going to sneak back up on you. Um, I was just talking about this with a client. She lost her best friend to suicide. And, um, I helped her to, you know, figure out a way to create like an altar of sorts to honor this friend. And also she was in a place of avoidance. Like she, like rightfully so when it first happens, you might have to for a while avoid the situation in a place. But eventually my goal for my clients is to have them to be able to access these places and these things and have the stimuli reduced over Mm -hmm. time. Right. So it's going to feel like shit at first. But as time goes on, you should be able to go into the Starbucks that you used to go have tea with your friend at and not completely come undone. But that's a process. You can't expect for that to happen like day after. Even breakups. Like, you know, I got clients that's like, I can't even go to that restaurant ever again because that's what we went on for our anniversary. And I get that, right? Mm -hmm. It takes time. But over time, you get to a place where you are allowing that to happen again. Were you able to access that those spaces with that you spent with those people again? But grief is a funny thing. It comes in waves and there are stages to it and it comes and goes. There's a um, philosophy by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross about um, the stages of grief. And it talks about like the denial stage and like you just go through it over and over again. Like you finally hit acceptance at some point, but that can take years like for you to oh, accept yeah. 
if this person isn't it's, here. It's like a boat, right? Like you're like in a boat and it's a steady water, but like say once you said the waves start getting heavier, it's like you start mm-hmm. maneuvering in a weird way. You try to make it through it, right? Yep. So you gotta learn how to, you know, again, to make the stimulating thing, the thoughts and mindset of it come down a little bit. Relationships is a little bit I don't wanna say it's easier, but as far as like um learning to move past it, you know, it, people go their whole life. You're not gonna ever forget about someone who, who's passed away that's close to you. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. You know, you never it's never gonna get quote unquote um, full, you're not going to be fully recovered from that, right? But mm-hmm. you can learn how to, again, like you said, uh, maneuver through it in a way and it, that it doesn't just, like, break you down completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me yeah. me personally, I can't replace my grandfather. But mm-hmm. I can go get me some new pussy. <laughs> <laughs> it's but- always some old pussy out there, but <laughs> I can't get another grandfather. So, <laughs> you know, it's something that what, what, I've, what I'm using with my grandfather is I am basically uh, I'm at a place where I'm like, yo, I'm going to use him as someone to motivate me to be successful. Everything that I try to accomplish, I'm going to use him as someone that I would say, Hey, like he would really, you know, love everything that I'm doing and everything I'm accomplishing. So, um, that's just that's something that I use to help myself get past, you know, the loss of him and things like that. Uh, so, like you said, you just got to use something more positive so that you can get through that and get over it. And that's just not get over it, but, you know, just get through that loss and be able to cope with it and be in a better place about it mentally. So that's that's something that I use. Definitely. Sometimes I would argue, though, that breakups can be worse, you know, than actually losing somebody because you still have to experience this person in the living, like on earth, right? Especially if you are connected to this person, right? So you, like, for instance, you know, if you share children or you had a home with this person, this person is still living and you may have to still encounter them, right? (laughs) So at the end of the day, that can prolong the grief process of getting over somebody (laughs) because you constantly and consistently exposed to this person. Still got to see this motherfucker. Exactly, you know, and so and oftentimes you can make peace quicker with someone passing away, especially depending on the circumstances around their death. Yeah. But when somebody is still alive and you have broken up with them or they broke up with you or did something foul, it can take a long time to get past that. Yeah, that's definitely true. I guess it all depends on the situation. Situational for sure. Yeah. That's something that uh, <laughs> I'm not going to touch on. Because <laughs> I could go on and on for another hour about that shit. But um, I feel that uh, we touched on a lot of great things, which brings us to the end of our episode of Chop It Up. I want to thank both of my guests. Uh, for stopping in and uh, having us touching on something that's more deeper and something that needed to be heard because it's just something that people, like you said, people try to avoid it. They try Mm -hmm. to go around it. They try to not speak on it. And and it was something that I had in, in my head where if I just drown out the fact that my mental health is not in a bad place, then it's going to eventually get good. And something I'm going to say before uh, before we end this, people always ask me, 
are you still going to therapy even though I see that you're very happy? And I tell them, when you start working out and you lose weight, you stop going to the gym because you done lost weight? No, you're going to keep on going mm-hmm. because you want to continue to keep that weight off. Absolutely. You have to keep going to therapy. You have to keep working out. You have to keep doing your meditation. You have to keep spending time with your loved ones. You have to keep doing all of the things that made you happy and got you to that place of happiness and, and stay in that place. So Block negativity out of your life in any form or fashion. Turn that goddamn VH1 off, mm-hmm. <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> no, but uh, go ahead and let the people know where they can reach y'all at and let you know, let, let them know about your podcast, Ladies First Again, I guess. I am on all social media platforms at Growing Boundlessly. Also, my website is www.growingboundlessly.com if you are interested in looking for therapy. Well, if you want to find my podcast, I don't want y'all finding me, but the podcast is available <laughs> um, on any platform. And let's talk about podcasts. It's on Apple, Spotify, Google Play Podcasts, Pandora, Apple, whatever the hell you need the podcast on. It's on there. Um, Instagram, Twitter, LTIO Podcast. Very simple. Please reach out to these people and check out the podcast. Book you a therapy session with this young lady. Do yes. all of the things that you need to have yourself in a great mental state going into 2020. We're going into a new decade. Leave all of that shit behind, all of the negativity. Um, leave that that bad job that has you unhappy. Do all of that shit. But y'all know where y'all can find me uh, at the Lord 2.0. Um, our Chop It Up page is at Chop underscore it up 213 and lord underscore macintosh underscore bc uh what the fuck is my twitter um <laughs> i don't even really use my twitter i i i be wanting to get on twitter but man it's just not like how it used to be it's back in the day because that shit was yeah. bust. That's the, that's the only thing i use social media for my resources now yeah especially instagram strictly resources. i like instagram better than facebook Instagram is more for creatives. It's less stuff and well, see, yeah. then that's 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 why I saw the fun in, in Snapchat uh, for a while. I don't even have one of those. I I, I don't I don't I use it. One. I don't use it as often. I just post some haircuts and I get off of there. But um, I've when when you have things like a podcast, you have to interact with people, mm-hmm. so um, you have more ways to interact with individuals on Facebook uh, than any other social media outlet. And it gives people the chance to see who you are. It gives them the opportunity to um, want to come into your world and see who you are so that it can bring them into uh, the thought of, well, let me check out this podcast and see what he's about because he, he does this, he shows that, he, you know, so... Promotion purposes only. Promotion purposes only. And on that note, (laughs) uh, thank y'all for checking out uh, the Chop It Up podcast where we keep it raw and real. We definitely did that today. Uh, I will see y'all again next week. Peace. Peace.